you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. Okay, on Sunday we were celebrating or were remembering Nigeria at 60, 60 years of our country, Nigeria, and However it may appear, the Bible says in all things we should do what? Give thanks. Praise the Lord. So we are thanking the Lord for this nation at 60, in spite of all the things that may be happening around us and within the nation, we know that God is on the throne. And because he's on the throne, we can declare that it is well. Praise the Lord. And we also saw on Sunday as we, you know, looked at, I think that was Acts 17, where we saw that God is intentional about your nationality. I mean, if he permits you to change it, you know, you become, you know, British, American, Canadian. That's all right. It's, I mean, if he doesn't permit it, it won't happen. But especially for those that he hasn't permitted it, this is the place of your assignment as it is. And God is a God that whatever he does, he is faithful to it. Praise the Lord. It means that you have an anointing to function in Nigeria at this time. Praise the Lord. I thought you say amen. amen. It takes an anointing to function as a Nigerian. Don't you know that? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, somebody wrote... And I read, he said that living in Nigeria is illegal, should be part of your CV. That if you live in Lagos and survive Lagos for one year, it should be part of your experience. And any employer that is serious, you know, outside of this nation should employ you because that skill is unquantifiable. Another one is driving in Nigeria. How many of us drive, even in Abuja? You're driving on a road and all of a sudden you see a car coming opposite direction, no headlamps in the night. I mean, driving here, <laughs> it, it should qualify us to be pilots if you drive. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, the conditions under which we drive, you know, praise God. I mean, it's a wonderful thing, you know, to be a Nigerian. Praise the Lord. There is an anointing. Okay, there is an anointing to absorb things. There's an anointing to survive in spite of situations. There's an anointing, and that anointing God has given to us, we must not take it for granted. We learned on Sunday that his intent is that men should look at us and find him. Praise the Lord. And I, I know I posed a challenge to us on Sunday that if your neighbors, your colleagues, you know, your business partners have not said to you, those who are not born again, have not said to you that there is something different about you, then you need to desire that they will make that testimony because God has said you have been created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works, which he ordained, prepared beforehand that you should walk in it. So even though the environment may be bad, you are anointed for good works. Praise God. And we are trusting that by faith we will get into that belief and walk in that revelation in the name of Jesus Christ. Also, I want to throw this as a background as we go on, on our meditation. You know, um, I, I saw something interesting. It was by Bob Marley. And he was saying something about the system, the Babylonian system. 
And he said it doesn't matter whether it is, whether it is in uh, America or in England or you know, um, Kingston, Jamaica, where you are, that there is a system, you know, more like collaborating what we were saying on Sunday, that there is a Babylonian system that is wrong. Praise God. So it's not a question of location. The truth is that the devil is the devil. The devil is American. The devil is European. The devil is, is Canadian. The devil is Nigerian. Praise God. The same way God is what? God all over the earth. Nobody escapes the devil by escaping Nigeria. You just escape the Nigerian version. The Nigerian model. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's interesting, but I, I believe this is a point that everybody should know. It, it occurred to me, the Spirit of God is reminding me. For those who are relocating out of Nigeria, if you're married, be sure your marriage is 7,000% solid. Because the devil in Nigeria has a bit of respect for marriage. The devil outside, the devil in the U.S., in Canada, in all those places. Once you hit there, the first thing he does is he divides. Your wife will hear people telling her that, you mean he doesn't cook? You mean he doesn't wash? You mean you're earning more money than, and you're still in that marriage? You know, there's a group in America that is called Husband Burned to Ashes. And this group are mainly Nigerians. If they were here, they would have been a bit poorer. They would not have been driving the type of cars they drive. That's what the Nigerian devil will attack them on. But when they get there, they now drive big cars. In fact, there is actually a car that is called their car, Toyota Sequoia. Mm-hmm. So they have their car, they have their money, but their husbands set it on fire. So the devil is the devil anywhere you go. And we learned here many, I think two years ago, so it's a couple of years ago, that this whole thing is about the souls of men. When we understand it, it helps us so that you're not too downcast and you're also not too excited wherever and whatever part of the world you are in. We are fighting a common enemy and God wants to achieve a common purpose. God's purpose is that you and I become like his son, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's bringing us home. The truth is that we all are homeboys and homegirls. And that home is neither Lagos, is neither Abuja, is neither Jakarta, is neither um, Toronto. That home is where? Heaven. That's where he wants to bring us. So God is at work to prepare for himself a people that will come into his kingdom. Praise the Lord. The same way the devil is at work also for those that he will what? Restrict from entering God's kingdom. Those that will come and suffer his eternal damnation. The only creature that is operating on earth that his destiny has been settled. The only condemned person, you know, uh, personality on earth is the devil. His sentence is sure. Every other human being, no matter how terrible, no matter how bad his life, he may have lived his life, still has an opportunity. This dispensation of grace is still hanging over everyone breathing. And that's why we must take the gospel seriously. Praise the Lord. And present it plainly. So the truth is this, like we've we've said here several times, no matter how bad Nigeria is, it is not as bad as hell. Praise the Lord. It cannot be. And no matter how good any system you imagine is, it can never be what? As good as heaven. So our fight continually is to turn our back on hell and what? Have our face towards heaven. 
And when we understand that, we begin to understand why things are that, like that. Like we said, the Nigerian version of the devil is different. Just to, you know, I believe to reinforce my faith in the things, the meditations of my heart. I read recently, I don't know if some of us have read it also, about a man who committed suicide in Abuja. And why did this man commit suicide? He works with the Nigerian prisons. He said he had passed the promotional exam three times. And they didn't promote him. I bet you in those three times, they have promoted those who can't even write their names. Those who can't spell their names. Now, the system is designed in such a way that people will, you know, those who are good will be frustrated. And that's why one of the prayers you have to pray for Nigeria, I do pray for Nigeria, is, Lord, you promise that you will not allow the scepter of the wicked to rest upon the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous turn to iniquity. That's what the devil wants. Because when the righteous turn to iniquity, they go to hell with him. So at the back of all the problems they are having in this nation, it is the enemy wanting people to be established in iniquity. So when people say, you know, you can't walk unless you do this, you can't walk unless you do this, it's the devil setting gates saying men from Nigeria, women from Nigeria, children from Nigeria, I want to take them. So this fight is not on the surface. So when the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Against the rulers of darkness of this world. So what we have in Nigeria are not just ordinary men. These are men that are engineered from hell. What they are doing most times, I don't know whether they know, but they are possessed. Most of these people are possessed. When you listen to them, how you note is that when they come out of power, they sound differently. Before they go into power, they sound differently. But once they're there, this spirit takes them over. They must do wickedness. There are some things, there are some problems we have as a nation that you wonder what is difficult in it. How many of us are from the East? Do you know that Enugu, is it Enugu Port Harcourt Road? I'm sure you run it. You wonder what is in that road for so long that it cannot be. What is in Enugu on each other? This is 100 kilometers. Okay, there's just some things, the hospitals, some schools, your, what is in this thing? It's the wickedness in high places. So these people, they are possessed. Now, their possession is a function of the Babylonian system, this system we are talking about. However, we are on the other side, anointed. Somebody say, I am anointed. Yes, that's what we want to learn today. You are anointed to bring down giants. So their possession cannot stand your anointing. Basically, that is what you need to get for coming to church tonight. You are anointed to pull down strongholds, to cast down imaginations, to bring down every high thing that has what exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ. The Christians in Nigeria carry an anointing to pull down giants. That's what it is. That's why we're here. But as long as we don't know or we are afraid, or we imagine this thing is going to be too difficult, then these ones will continue to operate, albeit in their blindness. I want to believe that some of them don't know what they're doing. Because you converse with them after power. And you see they're like you, they feel like you. But they get in there, they're different. You know, I've not seen anybody who is not a governor who does not have a good suggestion for use of security votes. How you can use it to help the people. But when they become governors, security vote is a no discussion topic. 
is like insulting somebody's mother. But when they come out, they have suggestions again what to be done with it. You understand what I'm saying? Spiritual wickedness, it captivates them. They don't know what they're doing. But though they are not the topic of our discussion, what we are seeing is that God has what? Anointed you and I. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon us. Praise the Lord. They believe us. Why? Because we have the light. We are his vessels. We are his battle axes. The Christians all over this nation. And part of the strategy the enemy has also used against the Nigerian devil has used. You know, the Nigerian version of the devil. Is that he has made the church that should be bringing down Jairus to want to survive the system. So we use anointing to get visa to escape the problem that we are called to solve. Are you getting what I'm saying? We use, when we come to church, we use anointing to, you know, to get to survive in the system. Instead of bringing down the system. We are not meant to survive in the system. We are meant to do what? Confront the system. Two different things. Two completely different environments. So you have people, when people come, we want to get breakthrough. Breakthrough doesn't solve the problem. Because as long as that system is there, you are going to meet it at a higher level. But when you bring down the system, there is liberation for all. Most importantly, the souls of men will be set free. Let me just refresh your memory. Revelation 18, I believe 13, let's put it. It talks about the merchandise of this Babylonian system. 12, 13, and um, I read from 10. Okay, 9 is okay. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city... Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Look at their merchandise. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron and marble. And cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots, and what? And bodies and what? And bodies and souls of men. This is what is being traded. This is what is being traded. Bodies and souls of men. That is the, what the contest is about. So when you and I understand that, this whole thing is about it. So if you're surviving in the system, at what cost? There's a common saying, say this person has sold his soul. That is what that market is about. So the whole pressure, you know, the whole economic pressure on the surface is not economic. It is intended that men will sell their souls. Just like the case of this man, young man now that's committed suicide. That whole tribalism, you know, chronism and all of that is to frustrate people. So people say it does not pay to do good. So people are changing, you know, completely. They're dropping everything that is virtuous. And they're grabbing iniquity and wickedness. I don't know if you also read the account of the experience of some young man with SARS in Lagos that they picked up from Lagos and took to But anybody read it recently? If you read the story, you will see that this is a system. The conclusion of the story is that the man bought a phone, the young man bought a phone. He was given a receipt. 
Somebody bought the phone from him. Later, they came and said, did you sell this phone? Long and short, they took him from Lagos, whatever, beat him up, beat the person who sold the phone, harassed them. Long, they took, he, I think he found himself in Ibadan. Now, what happened is that the part that shocked me is that at the end of the story, when the case was taken to the CP, the commissioner of police, the phone was not stolen. So what the boy was saying was that it appears that these people just engineer their own phones and create a story around it, and anybody that is connected with it becomes a case. I mean, can you imagine that? And then what makes it is that if you don't bring money, you're in the trap. Now, such a scenario, you know what it makes? It makes the person looking for the money to say he needs money by any means. If not, he can't survive. Are you seeing the way this whole thing is wired? He said the mother came crying. They just thought that if you're not ready to bring money, go. And the mother left. This is someone innocent. We have a case in church here about a young lady that was, just went to an ATM, finished collecting money, came out. They just picked her up. Since that phone. For, I mean, thank God for prayers. Thank God for the spirit of God. That's why you can't take God you know, lightly in Nigeria. You need God. It's either you go fully with God or you know what is keeping you. They picked her up. Next thing they say, she was Yahoo, Yahoo. This is a decent young girl that just finished law school. The phone they bought for her, they, they accused her. I say, how can you say you finished law school? You're using this type of phone. You must be Yahoo, Yahoo. Then she said her father bought it for her. He said, your father must be a corrupt politician. <laughs> yeah, there is no way. You can't get out of it. It's a wicked system. And then the people who are doing it will justify that the system is not paying them. When you ask them, they say, oh God, do you know how much they are paying us? Do you know they know the poof we for our car? Do you know? So the whole system is just wired like that. Now, why are we looking at this? Is God not aware of what is going on? God is aware. Are his hands shortened? No, his hands are not shortened. He has a plan. Come with me in the Gospel of John chapter 6. I'll just read a few verses. In Gospel of John chapter 6 from verse 5 is a place we know. Verse 5 says, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this is said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? I stop here. There is a problem here. And we see, in fact, some accounts will tell us that before Jesus raised it, the disciples went to him and said, Master, send these people away, for night is drawing down, and there is no place to eat. So they saw the problem, Jesus saw the problem, but John records it from when Jesus intervened. And Jesus' intervention appeared as though he didn't know what to do. But what does the Bible say to us here? In verse 6, it says, he said this to test him or test them for what? He himself knew what he would do. I'd like you to continually remind yourself that concerning our country, God knows what he will do. Praise the Lord. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. He always what? Knows what to do. Many times and often times he's waiting 
He's proving you and I. He's testing us to see our reactions. Let's learn a thing from here and then we'll move on quickly. He says, where shall we buy bread? He acknowledges the problem. So is there corruption all over the system? Is there inequity? All of those things there. And you wonder, how can somebody who lives in Nigeria imagine that 30,000 from the government should be enough for somebody to survive? This is Federal Republic of Nigeria, the crude oil exporting country. Whereas in the same system, some people, newspaper allowance, newspaper allowance for senators is how much? I think it's about uh, 200 and something. You people should have some information now. Uh, Anyway, I mean, are you getting what I'm saying? So he's aware of this and he says, where shall we, what do we do? He's asking. But the Bible says he said this to test. He knew what to do. Now, let's speak quickly a lesson from this very place. He said he himself knew what he would do. And then Philip said, this problem cannot be solved. If all of us worked for months and we earned money and we bought bread, it still won't fit. So these people are hungry today. They go and start working. And then they're waiting for them in their hunger. <laughs> and then they work for months. And when they make the money, then they go and order the bread. So you see that his solution is what? Completely out of the way. But something happened there. Andrew. Andrew is always an interesting character. One of those days we are going to look at him in details. Andrew, the Bible says, verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has what? Five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? You know what? Andrew spoke what many righteous Christians, many genuine righteous Christians in Nigeria are saying, but what can I, this is my small office, you know, I'm just one police officer. We've had testimonies of, you know, police officers that do good, haven't you seen them? In every of these areas, there are people that are different, but what happens oftentimes is that most of them are like Philip. They say, even if I become, you know, the pamsek here, ah, even from the, uh, where is it called? The head of service area, I cannot solve this problem. But Andrew said, we have a mega problem. But I have what? A mega solution. And the pattern our Lord was revealing to us there is this. Once God is involved, remember when he created the earth, he said, let who have dominion. He didn't say, let God have dominion. He said, let man what, have this. He said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let, what, let this man have dominion. So God is omnipotent. God is what? Omnipresent. God is omniscient. But he has also put you in charge. Now, the same way if we walked into this hall tonight and we said it is dark, we could continue saying it is dark, and if we wanted to put light here, we could decide to use candlelight. I was telling my wife that Nigerian electricity runs on firewood or candle. That's why whenever the wind blows or it rains, the light goes off. You know? So if we try to generate light here by you know, setting bonfires, you know, it's going to be a problem. 
But if you come in here, because there is a system connected already. So some Chinese people have made electric bulbs. There's some good, you know, anointed electricians that have wired it. If you went to the wall and did what? And flipped a switch, what will happen? The light will come on. It's the same way with the solution God provides. God expects you to flip a switch. And his power that has been ordained before the foundations of the earth will do Will bring a manifestation. But you see, if you come in and say, it's dark, it's dark. What can I do? What can I do? That little flipping of the switch will engineer things that probably you let Ibo Ibo BK. You don't understand science at all. But when you press that switch, light will come. As simple as that. So when Andrew said, there is a lad here with what? Five loaves and two fish. The next statement in verse 10, well, if you read it, what Jesus said is what? Make them sit down. It's like saying, now I have what I need. And if every Christian will continue from, you know, their little places, their small corners to produce their five loaves and two fish, I bet you, before we know it, there will be major change in this country. But if that voice that keeps saying, what are they among so many? What are they among so many? I'm just a student. Little girl, young lady, young boy, in that school where you're a student, you can shine the light. Praise the Lord. I know if somebody reported in his class about another person doing expo, I don't know whether the person will survive that school. People will kill that student. Even those who are not doing expo, they say, what is your own? In fact, I don't know if I'm in school, whether I'll have boldness to report someone doing expo. But I mean, that person that is doing expo will rig election. There is no election rigger that didn't do expo. That's where they learn it from. It's not possible. Anybody who is rigging an election, go back. From primary school, he did giraffe. Secondary school, he carried bullets. University, probably he sponsored somebody to write the exam completely. It can, they don't learn it. How, do you, they, you don't learn old tricks at 60 years. So imagine if from primary school, secondary school, our children are reporting, you know, expos, expo students, and saying, stop copying, stop. Do you know the transformation? But it sounds small. It sounds small. You know, little thieves there. I was in the university. Somebody stole my textbook. And, you know, those days, you know, the normal thieves in school used to steal, thirst, you know, when they steal, you know, you write your name on the pages. Then you write on the... What's it called? The leaves, that edge, so that it's difficult to clean. (laughs) You don't know what is going on. There's razor blade. This guy cleaned, rubbed that one off, and tore the entire page and wrote his name. When I saw it, I knew it was my own, but I had no proof. The person graduated to a mega, let's leave what he became. (laughs) They don't start this thing, you know, they start it small. So imagine if at the small levels, okay, even at homes. I mentioned on Sunday, if your husband or your wife cannot vouch that this my husband or my wife is a Christian, you need to work harder. Praise the Lord. You need to work harder. Because there are husbands that when people call right there in Wusetu or in Guarimpa, they'll answer phone. I'm still in the village. Do you understand? In fact, as you're calling now, there is drip of, of my hand. Lies that, you know, even mosquitoes will be shocked. <laughs> Do you understand? 
And then the next day, 12 years will come to church. He said, ah, honey, is this really, do you understand what I'm saying? It, what are they among what? So it is something. It is something. Recently we saw Evans the kidnapper, right? And the wife was claiming she didn't know he was a kidnapper. So which business does your husband do? Probably he might have had about 70 phones. Some of you that have more than two phones, we need to ask you, sir, what name are you answering in this phone? Because some people have such number of phones that one they are Al-Hajidris, the other one they are Mazi Ekweme, the other one they you know. Little, little things. You can stop a kidnapper in, in your neighborhood. You never know. Say, bro, this is your four phones. Who, are, who is calling? Let me borrow one. You see, the guy will rush you because he can spoil one major job for him. Praise the Lord. Five loaves and what? Two fish. What are they among so many? But that's what he's waiting for. That's what he's waiting for. You do, you just drive over, you carry someone. I mean, the thing is simple. Look at how simple it is. God is what? Almighty. Just like in this scenario. Jesus could have spoken in the wilderness. What did they do? What did the Father and the Son do? And the Holy Spirit. They rained down manna from heaven. But you see, now we are not just creation. We have been called sons. We have the Spirit of God. So he wants to get us involved. So when Andrew brought the five loaves and two fish, Jesus said, that's it. He said, make them sit down and watch what I'll do. They sat down right before them. The five loaves fed 5,000 and what? Had left over. It taught them a lesson that they can be part of the miracle of God. What I'm saying tonight is that what God wants to do in Nigeria, you are enlisted as part of it. It doesn't matter where you're working. Most especially if you're working in government or even if in private sector, any office where you are. We mentioned about, you know, discrimination and all of that. You can stand up in your little place. You can stand up. That anointing, you never know how far it will go. Let me show you some things now so we can pray and round up. In Daniel chapter 2, the background is that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And they were looking for who to interpret the dream. In fact, to tell him the dream and the interpretation. That was the one he sent that challenge for. But Daniel came up with an answer. I, I, let me call because of time. And read from verse 29. As for you, O king, Daniel 2.29. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secret has made known to you what will be. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. But for our sakes, who make known the interpretation to the king, that you may know the thoughts of your heart. You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. 34, let's read 34 together, everybody. He said, you watched... While a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were what? Crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. 
This is a pattern of the way the kingdom works. Doesn't the Bible say we are lively stones being built up what? A spiritual. Every one of us is a stone. Everywhere you find, it says there was a great image. Look at this image. The image had what? The head was what? Of gold. You know, such a you know, magnificent, strong, you know, intimidating image. And what brings it down? A stone. A stone. The stone hit the feet, so it didn't even hit the head. And the whole thing crushed, you know, broke into pieces, became as powder, was blown away by the wind, and it was not found. I pray you will step out in boldness. I pray you will come here and say, Pastor, this is a testimony. In fact, as I'm sharing this, my wife is a stoner. She sacked a lot of people in her former office in Lagos. Uh, her, her immediate boss was saying, Chine, each one an MD. Which means you have sacked her MD. <laughs> you see, what I'm saying is this do not despise the little you can do. The evil system, you see, it's like those big, you know, balloons that pump it up. How many things do you need to prick it? A needle. That's the end. But you see, many times we feel, what can we do? I've heard people have some cases. You know, some of these things you have to be careful because they are very personal. There are people that have had some cases and they say, we'll just close it. There are cases you shouldn't close. Not for your sake, but for the sake of posterity. To establish a precedent. You're a witness of some injustice or they're trying to take advantage of you. Not just so that for your comfort. Where is that scripture for us as believers? Which says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and what? And dies. It abides alone. That's why we are all abiding alone. Nobody is sacrificing himself. When I talk about people losing their jobs here, it sounds as if I don't care. No, it's because I know that there is going to be greater glory. You know, in this office where my wife was working, they were doing some mago mago. It was the days of upfront and all, all of that. They, you know, give money, eat money. So they were running the organization down. And then the supervising office, the main bank that owned this sub-bank, you know, was considering what to do to save the bank. And my wife wrote a secret letter to the chairman and said, these people have been collecting money here and chopping the upfront. <laughs> You know, and now they are wondering how to save money. They are the ones that have eaten all this money. Now they summoned her boss straight to head office. They didn't sack the man at the end of the day, but they reposted him. The long and short is this: the junior officers there would have just suffered for nothing, but everybody knew what was going on. But they'll say these people are not bringing enough deposits. They are bringing the little they can bring, but you're eating the profit already. Praise God! And she didn't even need the job then because she was resigning. But what she did brought a change in the system. You and I must think, what can I do? What little? Because this giant, as big as, no matter where it is, as big as they seem, a little stone. A little stone. And you are that stone. You and I are living stones or lively stones. That's what he said. He said to Peter, you are. You are the rock. Praise the Lord. So we work Knowing that we are commissioned officers of the kingdom of God. And that this world system, this system, this terrible corruption system in Nigeria. Now understand me. 
as I say this to you, I'm not saying becoming sensitive. I'm not saying becoming, I'm not saying become an instrument by which people lose their jobs. No, by all means. You see, we dwell in the same system. Just like I told you, there are some people that you, you see them, you should pity them. So there are some monies I can't even call bribe. They are sharing. But you see, when a system imagines that they can perpetuate you know, iniquity and divert everybody to unrighteousness and wickedness, you should stand up against it, no matter what you're going to lose. Praise the Lord. I, I think someone was telling us, was it yesterday or two days ago, or was it even today? You see, that, that in our system now, you can't get some postings in civil service unless you settle people. You can't be posted in some areas. You can't even rise to some areas. No matter how much you pass the promotional exam at director, PAMSEC, and all of that. Somebody should stand up and say, okay, this PAMSEC thing, I don't know how you're going to do it. But if you're a Christian and you're listening to me, you are anointed to be the stone that will destroy that system. But if you just won't survive, you'll survive, but your children will not go with you. Moses said to Pharaoh, he said, not a who will be left behind. We and our children will go and do what? Worship the Lord. That is the problem. People escape. They get enough money. They are comfortable. They put their children. They send their children abroad. They are managing the system here. Their visa is always ready to escape. But your generation will meet the same system. The place you are running to is generations before that put the system in place. One more story to show you how this thing works. It's very simple. I mean, it's so clear from the scriptures that that's how God does it. A little stone brings down that giant image and crushes it. This is one that we're very familiar with. I'll just touch a few things there. First Samuel chapter 17 is the account of David and Goliath, you know. And the Bible begins to say, tell us about how strong this giant was. From verse 1. I read now the Philistines gathered their armies, 1 Samuel 17 verse 1. Their armies together to battle and were gathered at Sokok, which belongs to Judah, the encamped between Sokok and Azekah in Ephes, Damin. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. Verse 4. And the champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Koleath, from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. That's about nine feet something. That's my height plus half of my height. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bearer went before him. Now reading the description of this giant alone, some people will retire. Do you understand? Look at what that, this is the problem. You understand? This is the description of the Nigerian problem. So they say go into politics. Anyone I can look at now, the best politics you can get, even local government, councillorship. If you try to do it, we have a brother here that tried to run. What, what was it that Uche tried to run for? House of Reps. It was House of Reps. And he told us that even people that assured him, Barrister, we're with you. Barrister, we're with you. On that day, this is how he opened his eyes. <laughs> the way they all abandoned him. <laughs> you see, the system is so, is so wicked. It's such a giant. So those who faint, I don't blame them 
But you see, what I want to awake you to is the anointing. Do you understand? The anointing does what? Breaks every yoke. Destroys every yoke. I just want to wake you up to the anointing. Because look at what this man had. The soldiers that were running from me, you can't blame them. You can't blame them. When they finished everything they said about him, verse 7 says, And the shield bearer still went before him. Abba. With all he had. So he had double for one man. So that's why when he spoke, all of them would draw back. Even Saul. Saul was the tallest Israelite. Yes, he himself was running because this was big Wahala. But who solved the problem? You know the story. It was a lad, about 16 years old, was not even in the army. What was the difference? David said, this man is not standing against just man. He's defying the armies of the living God. And to expose the man himself and what we're learning. When this man was coming against this lad. So imagine a nine footer going against probably David must have been about five, ten or something like that. Okay. Imagine him going and then he will begin to curse him in the name of his God. I've told you here. If you have older brothers, you might recall growing up when they say, if you get angry, I beat you. If I get angry, I beat you. Do you understand? And they don't need to call father or mother to intervene in this. You're the one who is calling father or mother, Abby. This is the type of fight that Goliath should not have needed to call anybody. Are you getting what I'm saying? I mean, you're a giant. You're going against a lad. What's of, you know, more interesting is that this lad came against him with a shepherd's spout. He had no spear. He had no dagger. He had no bronze. So, ordinarily, Goliath should have just, you know, been eating carrots. And just come and picked up this boy and destroyed him. But what made him begin to curse David? What made him begin to consult the spiritual to fight David? Because at the back of every fight is a spiritual fight. There is nothing on the surface. That's what I want you to know. It's the anointing. And because it's the anointing and you are empowered from above. That's why you can win any battle. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. That's what we're learning. It doesn't matter what they call themselves. It doesn't matter how long that system has operated. Pastor Kim was telling us, you can go to God in prayer, kneel down and make some requisitions to heaven. You will see the court of heaven release angelic assistance. People will not be able to sleep. People will have nightmares. They will wake up in the night crying, Lord, I will, or God, whatever name, they will call you. You know the testimony of our land. Our approver, the person who was to approve it, called our brother, he said about 6 a.m., and said, come and take the approver. 6 a.m. in the morning. Do they approve things like that? The whole thing is at the end spiritual. So when David went against Goliath, Goliath knew that this is truly between the God of the Philistines and the God of Israel. So even though he was a giant and he had a spear, he had a javelin and he had all of that going for him, he still needed his gods to defeat Goliath. So he started cursing him by his gods. But that was an area David had experience. He also by his God had this, you know, killed a lion. By his own God had killed a bear. So he said the same God who delivered me from the paws of the lion and from the paws of the wolf. That's what you should say. Praise the Lord, brethren. The same God that heals malaria and heals headache, heals also COVID-19. Yes, sir. 
That's what we should know. He's the same God. Do you understand? You see, the reason you go through some little experiences in the backside of the desert is to give you confidence in the warfare. That's why you have some of those experiences. And God proves to you that this, you know, sometimes I remember divine healings that God had healed me of. There was a time I, I was suffering sinuses. My wife, you remember? Seriously. And I didn't take injection. I didn't, I don't know. Just all of a sudden is when someone mentions, I remember, I remember when I used to. Then there was a time I had this, you know, something at the back of this Igbo man sickness, you know. This thing, I don't, okay, is it only Igbo? I think it's only Igbo people. Or is, okay, I think some other people have it too, but it's mainly, you know, Igbo traders, you know, when we chop finish like this, this place. And I used to have, we did, all, tried all kinds, the way it went, I don't remember. So I know, I've told you also the case when I had this malaria that wouldn't go, they were changing, you know malaria, when they start changing drugs for you, when they say it's no longer, this one is not working, they give you another set. Connect your faith to my faith. I got up one day, the Spirit of God said, throw them all over, I'll heal you. I think you were, you were the one sharing about when you th- thought you would die. I actually thought because there was no life, and then all the drugs were not working. So imagine what will make you throw drugs away. You know it's not working. And I got up that day and threw them away. That very day, I was healed. So I know, and I know, and I know that what? That my God is Jehovah Rapha. He heals. He heals. Depending on your faith, he might heal you through Panadol. But where I'm getting to is that Panadol will be left for the rest. Save me. I know it's not expensive, but save me even that stress of putting. It's bitter. I don't like it. Maybe if it tasted like Milo, I might be taking it. I don't want it. My God is a healer. So David said, if it's that I know... Whom I believed. And I'm what? Fully persuaded. He delivers me. So later in the psalm he says, My God, who teaches my hand what? To war. And my fingers to do battle. He said, by him I can run against a troop. He said, by him I have the strength to bend the bow of bronze. That's the God you and I serve. I challenge and encourage. It doesn't matter what situation it is. As long as you know you're standing on the right side. Just surrender the five loaves and two fish. Because he already knew what he would do. In that office, he knows. In that situation, he knows. In that police station, he knows. In that environment, he knows. Now, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying when you go and, you know, be mediocre and you enter problem. No. It's Peter that wrote to us, says, if any man must suffer, don't suffer as an evildoer. Don't suffer as a busybody. In other people. When you've done what you should do and this thing meets you, know it's the anointing that wants to use you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Long and short of this story because of our time is that this fight against this man that we read his whole arsenal, what did David win with? A stone, the same stone. And the Spirit of God was saying, you know why you're seeing stones there? Stone is the weapon that you don't need to go to factory to find. Because if it was any other thing, if it was dagger, some of us don't even know how to hold dagger. But who here can hold a stone? How far do you need to go to find a stone? (laughs) Every child, by the time a child is six years old, the child must have thrown a stone. The stone was used to bring down the giant in the uh, big image of of Nebuchadnezzar. The stone was used to bring Goliath. Let's rise on our feet. A stone is available for you. A stone is available. I want you to begin to thank the Lord. 
Because he has not left you without a solution. There is power. There is anointing. There is a way. He knows what to do. He knows what to do. And some of these situations may be personal. You can use that stone as well. You can use that stone. The long and short of what we're learning is that God is almighty. And in every circumstance and situation, he has a way. He knows the way. He's waiting for you. He's looking that you will have faith in him. He's looking that you will look through the challenges and see that it is empty. And see that it is empty. All that giant, all that, the shield didn't help him. The shield bearer didn't help him. The armor didn't help him. The helmet didn't help him. The bronze shield didn't help him. All of that could not stop when he was confronted with the anointing. Child of God, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And he teaches you all things. He teaches you how to thrive. He teaches you how to win. He teaches you how to triumph. He teaches you how to be a conqueror. He teaches you how to stand. It does not matter the circumstance or situation. You have the Holy Ghost inside of you. He's the one who solves problems. He's the one who is master at bringing down systems. It doesn't matter. Lord, I look to you. And I'm saying I'm no longer afraid. Somebody needs to cast the spirit of fear away. You have been in environments or in a bit, maybe even it might just be genuine competition in your business. And the people you're competing with, oh, these people are mega, these people are big, these people are established, these people have connections. Let me tell you the connection to your God, none can compare to it. None in the place of prayer. Every Christian is connected to the Most High. When you step out of that place of prayer, the Bible says, He that hears in secret will answer you openly. You need to know that you are strong. You are connected. You are mighty. God has equipped you to win. But you must not say, What are these among so many? What are these among so many? I will never say it again. But I will say, By my God, I can run against a troop. By my God, by my God, I can leap over walls. By my God, by my God. I want you to talk to the Lord for yourself. I want you to pray. I want you to call upon your God. He's the way maker. He's the mighty God. He's the prayer answering God. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mighty to say. On Sunday, he said to tell you that he's not a man. He's not a man. And today he's saying to tell you, I'm the Lord God. Jeremiah 32, 17, I said, I've made the heavens and the earth by my great power. And I'll stretch arms. And there is nothing hard, nothing too hard. I am God, I am God, I am God. Somebody came to church today, somebody's watching. And there's a big problem before you. I want you to sing that song to yourself. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. And I'll stretch arms. And there is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. There may be a conspiracy against you. They may have gathered, but they say, because their gathering is not of me. They may say, this one will not go on this course. We will not promote this one. We will not open the door for this one. We will not release the money for the job that he has done. I want you to call on your God. He is the wonder working God. He is the great king above all the earth. He is Jehovah. His name is Jehovah. His name is Yahweh. His name is the mighty man in battle. He is the conqueror. He is the mighty God. He is the one who speaks and it is done. 
nobody can challenge nobody can stand in his way he is jehovah almighty he says in jeremiah 32 27 he said behold i'm the lord god the god of all flesh is there anything too hard for me have you found it bring it to me bring it to me bring it to me what is that too hard for me father we bless you they say there's a gang up against you they say there's divination against you he said don't mind them who can curse unless the lord has spoken who is there unless the lord has spoken that can prophesy father i bless you open up your mouth and magnify the lord your god he's mighty he's awesome he is great he is wonderful he's dependable all of this that my life may be a testimony that my life may be a living witness that the living might know that the most high god rules i'm a child of god i am born of the spirit i am anointed with the spirit of god i'm anointed with wisdom i'm anointed with power the spirit of boldness is upon me i fear not i have no fears perfect love in me has cast out all fear i know my end i belong to jesus i know my beginning i'm quickened by the spirit of god i can do all things yes i am strong i may not look it but i'm strong by the spirit of the lord in my inner man yes yes i'm not alone on my own i'm nothing but with god but with god but with god but with god the scripture says if god be for you if god be for you and sister i've come to tell you god is for you my brother i've that family watching i've come to tell you god is for you he moves mountains he moves mountains he parts the rivers he makes the way in the wilderness he brings down giants he changes trials to testimonies he lifts up the head he's the glory and the lifter of our head he cost he turns that morning into dancing lord we worship you lord we worship you lord we worship you lord we worship you no matter how big the giant is he cannot be as big as god he cannot be as big as god he's our god he's the one who binds leviathan leviathan is the biggest creature ever known man hasn't even discovered the awesomeness of leviathan they want is it but our god tames it You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www that the father's church online.org God bless you